Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. My name is Best Boy Dan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm Best Boy Justin. Dan, we don't have time for all that. There's new anime out. We got to talk about it. Um, it's spring 2021, baby. But w- what about the banter and the news? No time. What about the retrospective on Animation Studio JC's staff? Yeah, sure, okay. They did Food Wars, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, One Punch Man Season 2, Prison School, High Score Girl, some good stuff, some trashy stuff. It's a mixed bag. They've got three shows this season. And that's JC's staff done. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Let's get right into it. Banter! All right, it's, you're up first. Let's do this. Yeah, so uh, Schwartz is Morgan. That's the thing I t- said I was going to watch last week, and I watched it. And they did a domestic girlfriend in the last third of the show. Uh, it was really weird. Would you recommend it? No. Great. All right, so my thing is, uh, YouTube made me a playlist. Uh, it was based off Jujutsu Kaisen 2nd ED. Uh, and this band, Eve, kept coming up on it. They're awesome. You should check them out. They feel like they should be in an anime. The the music does. Uh, and they have like original like anime animations for each of their music videos. Check them out. Uh, yeah, email thebestboyspod at gmail.com, Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. Send us your art, ramble on our faces, just do it. Now, coming to you live from Studio WEB, it's Anime News! Uh, so first up, we've got uh, uh, My Dress Up Darling is getting an anime. It's a really great manga. It's about a shy dude who gets roped into making clothes for a cosplaying Gyaru. Looking forward to it? You bet I am. That sounds great. I'm into it. Cool. Let's watch it. Anyway, The Great Jahi Will Not Be Defeated is getting an anime this summer. This isn't one that I've read, but I'm familiar with it. I know it's fairly popular online. The story centers around a demon girl who was suddenly sent to Earth with her powers, uh, without her powers when the Dark Realm was destroyed. Seems neat, and I'll probably watch it. Sounds great. I'm into it. Awesome. Let's watch it. Uh, Netflix has announced that it will be streaming Sunrise's upcoming live-action Hollywood Gundam film, slated for 2022. I really hope it doesn't suck, but I've been hurt before. Sounds great. I'm into it. Awesome. We're done with the news. Yay. All right, so I guess that means that now that we've blown through the beginning of the show, uh, we can get into the meat of it, and I am very excited to bring back one of our most popular segments. Uh, This is Spring 2021 Anime, What to Watch Guide. Best Boy Justin and I have scoured through the the onslaught of anime this season to bring you what we think are the shows that are worth your time and we'll even talk about some ones that uh maybe you should avoid just to to make sure you get the message yeah um i have a couple of thoughts on spring 2021 as a whole yeah sure um, a i think it's great um last season was ridiculous there are so many shows yeah um a lot of them were returning shows a lot of them were shows that had hype going into them um and and i think for the most part uh, a lot of things delivered better than to be expected i think this season seemed like it was going to be a little bit like more relaxed but low-key there is a ton of great stuff this season yeah this season is still very thick it's not as thick as winter obviously but we've got a lot of really interesting shows uh on the on the slate here uh we've also got a lot of interesting returning shows as well so you Mm -hmm. know that's still gonna be that's gonna be a thing we've got shows continuing in from the winter and we've got shows coming back from you know been away for a year or whatever yeah, uh, and like a lot of new works, which I think is really excited. There's a lot of like first seasons. Like last season yeah. felt like more sequels uh, or properties we already knew, that sort of stuff. Um, we have some original animes, which are really exciting. I think one of the cool things about a lot of the shows this season, too, is it seems like they've done a really good job of being able to tell enough of the story in just the first episode to get you hooked. Like these are not shows that, you know, are just going to be able to. You know, with the exception of some, like, you know, Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Like, oh, God. It came in with name recognition, though. Like, people will know, you know, what that's about and that, you know, it's talked about enough that they should watch it. But, like, you know, To Your Eternity is maybe not, like, 
some a property you've heard of before but like if you watch that first episode like you get a kind of a sense of the whole story right off the bat and it draws you into the world and i think that this season is doing that really exceptionally right yeah absolutely um the other sh- thing i want to say is uh, some of these shows were we got the trailers for during the crunchyroll awards i don't know if you remember this yes um but like we got uh joran princess of uh blood and snow we got Odd Taxi and we got Tokyo Revengers. Yeah. All his trailers. And I don't think those trailers did the shows any justice at all because, like, I had no interest in Odd Taxi. I had no interest in Tokyo Revengers because it just looked like a bunch of people crying. But, like, both of those turned out to be, like, really, really good. Yeah. And Joe Ran, which looked the best there, is kind of a, a little bit of a muddled mess so yeah i actually I, I wrote that down in the tokyo revengers section about how like when the during the crunchyroll awards when it i remember distinctly watching the trailer and we looked at each other like what is this show what about? Is it about it was just like a bunch of people like with the, hair the hair yeah out. they had weird hair and they were talking and actually in context now the hair makes total yeah. sense yeah it does now but um but yeah, that that was all that stuck out. So uh, whoever is cutting together the the trailers for Crunchyroll, um, do better. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of my like. Do you have any other like thoughts about this season before we dive into the my, madness? My one main thought is just that we there is um, not as not as much uh, romance mm-hmm. this season as we've had last season. Um, we don't have Haremia. We don't have you know some of the other more romance based shows, which we, you know is a, is fine. Well, we still it, have we still it have also the felt like Tonakawa like handed off the romance yeah. to that. I think that's what Nagatoro is supposed to be. Yeah, but I just really don't feel it. You know, we'll, we'll I, talk about it. Later, yeah, but, we'll we'll get into it. But. Yeah, for me the only the only like r- romancey show that has been that has stuck out in my head was the Childhood Friends uh, will not lose. Yeah, that one seems like it and. I mean, I guess maybe Fruits Basket. Um, yeah, I'm not watching it though, so. I really hope Higahiro does not become that. God. <laughs> we'll talk about that one too. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get into it with uh, the returning shows. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so first up we have So I'm a Spider. So what? So what? I'm a spider. I'm walking here. Yeah, which is continuing on Crunchyroll. It is a Crunchyroll original um, by uh, Studio Millipensi. Uh, the new OP and ED are boo boo. That's yeah. just right off the bat. It's okay, but here's the one thing I will say about the new ED is like, it it's n- definitely not as good as the first one, and and that's not my like rose tinted glasses. Like mm. it's just straight up not as good objectively. Um, but I do appreciate that they kind of made this like world that the first. Edie like lives in where she's like performing yeah, for like she's the like monsters. an idol group or something and and they carry that over into the second Edie so that concept I really like I just don't like the the song yeah yeah I do like the idea that her and her alternate personalities or parallel personalities are like an idol group that's kind of funny to me yeah um, but yeah the song is not as good as the as the first half of the season yeah it, this is definitely this is one uh, of the ones that like. I think actually maybe the only one that is just carrying on from last season that at least that we're covering today. Um, it if you have not been watching it, like we started it because it seemed kind of like a slime, like knockoff sort of thing. Kind of seemed fun. Um, Had a fun title. Yeah, you know, and 
we got into it and as the show progressed you know it's very much that like kind of isekai power fantasy you know uh her the main character in her class all get transported to this other world she gets turned into a spider they get turned into humans and as it progresses you realize that the timelines aren't adding up exactly correctly and i won't go too into that because i don't i i want you to experience it for yourself because if you're into isekais it's it's an easy recommend yeah absolutely um, it, it is probably one of the better ones i've seen and honestly one of the better stories told with kind of like uh inconsistent timelines in it. yeah um, they, they did handle that pretty well one of my favorite things about this show is um the way that they draw her differently based on whether or not she's being viewed by a human I don't know yeah. if you noticed that. I picked mm -hmm. up on it like uh, like maybe two or three episodes ago. I, yeah. I actually mentioned it to Best Person Cat, uh, but I thought that was really interesting. How you know when she when she's just kind of doing her own thing, she's out and about. You know, she's got a kind of like a chibi like anime spider face. Yeah, but like when she's being seen by humans, she's like this like scary hairy <laughs> spider thing. Yeah, you know. So I think that, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it's it is. I mean, it's tough in Isekai because so many of these shows are just like a little twist on on what has come before. And this one definitely recognizes the tropes. Like it even um like makes fun of the um like great sage trope yeah, 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 yeah. um in its own way, but then kind of incorporates it into the world in its own way. So it's not really doing anything new, but it's very aware of the genre and knows where to like where to lean into it and where to like subvert it in a way that's really surprising. And, and that's what's been a real pleasure because it, it's tough to get surprised with isekais these days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many of them just end up being like sword art clones or like, you know, even, even some is in certain ways, like, uh, you get re zero, which has now become kind of like the, the mold for an isekai. Yeah. Um, so a lot of shows like seek to emulate those, those two shows, which have had a lot of success. Um, but this is one that I feel like it kind of strikes its own path, and I really, even though it's like riffing on some of those tropes, it, it kind of comes alive on its own. Um, they finally did an episode that got me interested in the human side of the story. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who aren't watching it, it kind of splits between, um, mostly centered around her story, the story of the spider, obviously, because that's the name of the show, so I'm spider, so what? But they do also, like take breaks away where they view from her human classmates who have been isekai also. Mm. Um, and it tells their story. And to be honest with you, I was not interested in their side of the story for yeah. a while. Like, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. I'm not interested in this. But then finally, this week, it took a turn where I was like, oh, I didn't know where this is going. Okay, yeah. let's do this. You no, know? it's definitely, it has gotten really interesting. It's one of those shows that the world has opened up progressively as it's gone on. Yeah. And in great ways. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you want to take the next one here, Best Boy Dad? Yeah, the next one is uh, tried and true, and there's, I mean, not too much to say at it going into season five, but we're, we got My Hero Academia again. Yeah. Um, you know, season five. it's season five. If you're not on the bandwagon at this point, like, if you like shonen battle anime with superpowers and you know all that like it's it's the standard bearer yeah really. absolutely streaming on crunchyroll and funimation um the i, I actually think hulu too right yeah well yeah maybe hulu too um and it's also being picked up by toonami um yeah. i believe beginning next month oh that's awesome um 
but yeah, this show, show is great. I just finished watching the most recent episode, actually. Uh, Froppy is still best girl, and they, <laughs> they do a great job of, ex- of explaining why, so I don't have to fight people about it. Um, love this show. No, no notes. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's not anything, like, bold and new that's no. going to shock the world. You know, it's not Jujutsu Kaisen or anything like that. It is a solid shonen that stays in its lane and does it well. And, you know, it deserves its It doesn't place. try to be anything it's not. No. Which is, why, which is what I appreciate about it. Yeah, so it, it, that's pretty much all of the returning shows that, that we're watching. Um, there are a few on here that we're either not caught up with um, or you know, we think are important to talk about, but but have not, like, had any experience with. Um, the first one on the list should be pretty obvious at that this point. It's Fruits Basket, mm-hmm. uh, the final season. Um, this is, like, the part two, right? No, I think this is the final final. The, yeah, like, fi- the final part two yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it, it, it continued between <laughs> seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second final season. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I, it is actually a show that I still intend to watch, um... So, unfortunately, I don't have too much to say at this point. Um, go back and listen to our White Day episode where we have some of our uh, uh, our best pals, best buds, um, try and convince me to watch it. Uh, and I, I think they succeeded. It's just a matter of finding time to now at this yeah, point. Right. Well, well, once this episode's over, we'll have a little bit more breathing. Room. Yeah, for sure. We <laughs> yeah, definitely... for, those of, for those of you who don't know, before we record these episodes where we're talking about the new the, this season's worth of anime, we're basically binging anime during every free moment yeah. to try to stay caught up on it's everything. It's been a wild couple of uh, weeks. Yeah, especially for this one, because so, we are recording this one a little bit further ahead than we normally would, so we wanted to get as much as we could done before yeah. we recorded. I will say, though, like... I. The shows this season were so enjoyable that I ended up, like, we kind of planned out which ones we were going to watch, who was going to watch what, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I ended up adding, like, three or four to my list because yeah. there were just more interesting ones kept coming into my, like, sphere of influence, and, and I'm happy I watched them. Yeah, I ended up adding, like, one or two to my list, too, and I'm glad. Um, yeah, all, all of the shows, there have been, I don't think there really have been any shows that I've been like, I don't like this show. Yeah, there I have mean, been there are there shows been, I'm less crazy there about. There have been shows where I'm like, eh, I'm not really into it. But like I haven't had a single show yet so far. I was like, no. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, one show that uh, I watch almost <laughs> almost all of the first season, um, but haven't uh, haven't fully finished, so I haven't watched the second season, uh, is Zombieland Saga Revenge, um, which is basically an anime about an idol group made up of the undead. Um, there's various uh, girls comprising this uh, from various generations, some as far back as like a couple hundred years ago, uh, and they kind of all are brought together by this the band manager slash sorcerer. We don't, we don't really know. Every time they ask, like, how did we come back, he like dodges the question. Mm-hmm. Um, that manager is like one of the one of the best characters uh the voice actor i'm pretty sure won uh for best voice acting performance when the first season aired um but it is just it's a great like kind of fun pop idol show if you've seen any of those shows you will definitely enjoy this if you're not into that genre i think it's a really good like starting point it's done by uh studio mappa uh who has done attack on titan the final season 
uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, God of High School, Doro Heidoro, Yuri on Ice, Hajime no Ippo Rising, and they're doing uh, Yasuke later this season. So, like, MAPPA does some quality work. Um, But it's it's a hysterical show, and and 10 out of 10 would recommend. All right. Um, On the other side, though, is the second season of How to Summon a a Demon Lord, which I'm, I'm... not going to recommend necessarily if you, it's one of those ones if you like the first season watch the second one uh i know it's relatively popular so we wanted to bring it up but it's you know it's just kind of like an etchy isekai show that doesn't have any distinctions to it like i think you're better off watching spider if you want a good isekai yeah if you want etchy um not not you know not the list for you. I don't think there's really anything too edgy on it. Maybe there's combat- one, yeah, combatants. We'll combatants, talk about that yeah. Later. It, honestly, yeah. If you're looking for an edgy show, I would say I would recommend Combatants. Will be discharged over this. I think Dispatched. that's a better one. Um, yeah. So cool. that's pretty much it for that. Uh, the the next show, returning show we have is Moriarty, uh, the Patriot, uh, the second season. Which Justin, tell me about Moriarty. So Moriarty, the Patriot, second season, streaming on Funimation. Uh, comes from Production IG. They did uh, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, one of my enduring favorites. Uh, XXX Holic, uh, Kuroku's Basketball, Psychopaths, and Haikyuu. So they, they've got a bit of a pedigree behind them. Uh, be honest with you, don't know really much about what it's about. <laughs> Me either. Uh, I know it, it is centered loosely around Sherlock Holmes's brother, Moriarty. Um, but, uh, you know, I know what I want to watch it. It looks interesting. Yeah. It just hasn't ever gotten... I don't... I barely know anything about this show. All I know is I want to watch it. Yeah. I've only heard good things. It looks good. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, but if, you've if you watch the first season, it's back. Yeah. Um, the other show that I keep doing this where I start shows and I don't finish them. Mm-hmm. I have the same thing with the first season of this show. Uh, Megalobox is coming back. And this season is called Nomad Megalobox 2. Um, it's from TMS Entertainment. You can find it on Funimation, uh, where you can also find Moriarty. Um, TMS made uh, Lupin the Third. Uh, I think the original one. Uh, they, they did Rancher. like all of the Lupin the yeah. Third uh, pieces. Uh, D. Gray Man, Yoamushi Petal. They did All Out with Madhouse. Um, they also did Fruits Basket and Doctor Stone. Um, the episodes I watched of Megalobox were great. I hadn't watched Epo yet. Basically, the premise of it is kind of like a almost post-apocalyptic world, and it's about a boxer who's like down and out, and basically like the boxing in this world is with like machine arms. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just people just destroying each other. Um, it, very high regarded, won a ton of awards. Um, it's, that's one of those ones I need to catch up on. I know you're, it's high on your list, too. Yeah, I would, I would love to watch it. You know, I'm, I'm into the kind of dystopian, post-apocalyptic kind of uh, setting, so it's it's interesting to me. I just haven't gotten around to it, but I absolutely do want to watch it at some point. Maybe uh, once I get a little bit more free time next month, we'll uh, binge through that. Yeah, um, and that's, that's pretty much it for the returning shows. I mean, for us, I think the big ones are Spider and, and My Hero. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, so starting off with the new shows, we've got one of the ones we mentioned earlier, having seen a, uh, trailer for it on the Crunchyroll Awards, uh, was, which is Joran, the Princess of Snow and Blood, which is of course streaming on Crunchyroll from Bakken Record. This is a first full season show for this studio. Um, I guess I'll just go ahead and get in on in a synopsis so you guys can Yeah, well, so here's what I will say. 
I honestly, I've seen three episodes of this show, and I need this synopsis <laughs> as much as anyone who's never heard of it before. Yeah, like I really can't get a firm grasp just, on what the story does really about. not. I watch an episode, and then if you ask me five minutes later what happened in it, I would say it was really pretty. Yeah, it's a very pretty show. Um, but like even you know even with what we get from the synopsis, it, it's hard to tell what the show is really about. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it, it, we'll just dive right into it. Um, the show is set in an alternate history version of 1930s Japan, uh, where the shogunate remains the law of the land and the emperor, uh, and emperor Meiji was never restored to power. Uh, the country has developed its own seemingly magical kind of source of power called the Dragon Vein, which so far in the first three episodes really hasn't been mentioned a whole lot, which is I weird. I think that's maybe the glowing red Th- No, that's what it is. They show it on screen, see? but they never talk about it. Um... But uh, the backdrop of the story kind of mixes scenery from sci-fi and the Edo period, which is pretty interesting. Like we said, it's a very beautiful show. Um, within this setting, our protagonist, Sawa Yukimura... Does it... Wait, um, sorry to bust in. Does it, does it take place in the Edo period? It takes place in, uh, yeah, 1930s Japan. Hey there. Editor Best Boy Dan here. Joran actually takes place in the Taisho, or early Showa period. Enjoy the rest of the episode. That's, because it, it, but at the same time, it, it definitely has elements that are, like, way further advanced than Yeah, than that's we the are. sci-fi part. It's, it's a weird combination. Yeah. Um, yeah, so within this setting, our protagonist, Sawa Yukimura, uh, completes her missions as part of Nue, which is a covert group of shogunate executioners. Uh, Yukimura's true driving force, however, is her desire for revenge against Janome, uh, the leader of the dissident group Kuchinawa, and the man who murdered her family in an attempt to steal the secret behind her clan's unique blood. Um, so yeah, you know, that's the, that's the kind of, like, the basic intro to the show, and I really can't tell you much more about it, because I don't really know. Like, I've been, following the story for this show has been difficult. Like, there are... There are changelings. Apparently, she can transform. And I like, don't understand where the main protagonist falls into the story. Yeah, so it's much. tough. Um, um, there's like she has a like young ward who's there to kill her in revenge. Like, uh, there's just like there's a lot happening there, and and it, it's not flowing together in a strong way. It, it is a beautiful show though. The action is nice. The kind of visual art style of everything's really nice. Um, it's one of those shows that may be better once it's all complete, but as you know, three episodes in, I'm still, I kind of feel like it's meandering about. Yeah. I feel like, you know, with the last episode, uh, the three, we got a little bit more background and a little bit more like of a frame of reference to understand the protagonist, but like, Three episodes in is a little too late for that. Like, we should at least have a firm grasp of what our protagonist wants yeah. by episode three. Um, but, you know, I'm going to keep watching it because, like I said, it's pretty. It's gorgeous. Um, I just hope the story follows up. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have Shaman King, um, which is is kind of tricky to talk about. It's on Netflix, technically. But it's on Netflix in Japan, so it's not going to come here until some point during yeah. the run. They were um, saying the the fall, maybe. Maybe the fall. So like, but I I also think it's like a fifty something episode season. Yeah. So maybe so that we'll, would be like in midway through it. Yeah. So uh, 
who knows if we'll only get half of it or the whole thing or, you know, what's going to go on with it the way that Netflix releases it. So we won't go too much into it because, like, I tried to find it in some sort of somewhat not sketchy manner and that was impossible. <laughs> I ended up watching it on a website that definitely gave my computer some form of sexually transmitted disease. Um, it, it's... Yeah, it's it's tough to watch. I wish Netflix would be a little bit more like up on the like day and date releasing that um, Funimation and Crunchyroll have have been really good at. Yeah, and I mean part of the reason why that they don't that why they don't do that most of the time is because that is kind of the way their business is modeled. They they really kind of hit this thing when they had House of Cards. Where they're looking for bingeable content. Like, yeah. that's their whole thing. So, like, they don't want to release things every week. Their whole deal is they want to release everything all at once. And it's yeah. really, it worked for them once, and I get it, but it's not working anymore. And they should kind of get with it. Yeah, I suppose. It, it's, when it does come out, it's very much going to be worth watching. But essentially, it's basically about um, this kid who is a shaman, which essentially means they can commune with ghosts and form packs with them and, um, you know, utilize their powers. And there's a whole Shaman King tournament to discover who the strongest is. And it's like almost like right off the bat going into like a tournament arc. Um it's a great show. I'm really excited about it. I have memories of it from my childhood, um, but we can't really watch it right now. So when that comes out, I think we'll have more to say about it. If you have the means of watching it in the meantime, uh, you should. It's yeah. a great show. I mean, if you speak Japanese, you know, use a VPN. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, if you do use a VPN, it won't give you English subtitles, though. So so, so that that broke my heart, but... It was it was like fixed shortly after because I I watched those Snow White notes, which may be my favorite show this season. It's definitely a strong contender. It's fantastic. It is basically, and I'm gonna steal this joke from best boy justin he deserves full credit because I, it's really good i'm glad you said that because if you didn't say that i was gonna <laughs> as soon as you said that i was gonna say i wrote it first yes um but this show is basically march comes in like a shamisen um which if you don't get the reference um we've been telling you to watch uh march comes in like a lion why haven't you yet yeah we're um, going to continue to tell you until you watch it it's so good but this is uh a very similar kind of structured show um it's it's a little bit of a drama. It has you know elements of comedy to it, but it, it's really a character piece. Um, it's a drama essentially. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's about uh, the shamisen, which is kind of like a Japanese three-string guitar that you play with. Like it's more similar to a banjo, actually. A, a drywall like spatula. Yeah, yeah. It's shamisen. It's more similar to like a Japanese banjo, and you play it with a ginormous pick. Um, it's a beautiful instrument, and I've actually been to a live shamisen concert when I was in Japan, um, and I was fl like, frankly, blown away because I had heard the music before, but been like, ah, whatever. It's like a twangy guitar, like I don't know. Yeah. But like seeing it played live in person, like it was at one of those like things where you're like, get to know the culture of Japan. Uh -huh. um, 
and wow, it was really phenomenal. Blew me away. So I was very excited when I saw this show coming out. Yeah, so so this show is from uh, Shin Ai Animation, who really is uh, most known for Doraemon, which is huge. And they also did the Powerpuff Girls, which uh, until I was doing like some research for uh, upcoming Toonami episode, mm. got excited for that little spoiler there. Um, I didn't realize that Powerpuff Girls was actually an anime, but I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically it's the story of Sawamura, um, grandson to a legendary shamisen player. The story starts with the grandfather dying, and it's kind of about the repercussions that ripple out through the family centered around this patriarch and his legendary musical ability. Uh, Sawamura, after the death, moves to the city to discover himself as he struggles to kind of find uh, who he is as a shamisen player without the North Star that was his grandfather's playing. In his journey to fulfill his identity, we meet a colorful cast of characters just as interesting as uh, the last one. From his boisterous femme fatale mother to his touchingly real and relatable relationship with his brother to the interesting intertwining destiny of uh, his family's history with that of his classmates, the characters and how they interact will keep you hooked, uh, as will the stellar musical performances. Um, not only in just the OP and the ED, which totally slap, but all the songs throughout the show. Uh, it's a show about people, drama, and some kick-ass shamisening. That's not a word. Uh, it is now. It's not. Uh, I'm, I'm putting it. Hello, Webster's shamisening. Thank you. Bye. Not a word. <laughs> um, but yeah, also check out the OP and the ED. It's like... This kind of like modern rock mixed with shamisen playing straight fire. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I, I can't wait for the next episode. Like I remember when I when I finished watching this most recent episode, I was sad because I was like, oh shit, I gotta wait another week for this. Well, and and this is another one of those examples of the shows that like within the first episode. I feel like you've told me a complete story and I'm hooked for more of them. Right. This is what Joran is missing. Like yeah. we in the very first episode have a solid understanding. Even if we don't fully understand the history, we get an understanding of what our protagonist needs, what he's mm -hmm. looking for, the things that drive him, and what is behind the decisions that he makes. We got like a larger view of the world. Yeah. We kind of understand his place in it. We like, get a crash course in the shamisen. Yeah, uh, which, yeah, when you're explaining something that most of your audience has very little experience with, too. Even in Japan, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is one of those shows that, like, will highly, highly recommend. It's not, you know, your typical, like, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Bleach, like, battle show, mm -hmm. but... If you want a really great story and really great characters, I'm highly going to recommend it. I also think that there may... Like, it could go a few different ways with the story, but I think that there might be a tournament arc coming. That would be interesting. One of the things that I really like about the show so far is that, like, you kind of get... You, you, you get these little vignettes uh, to explore the ways in which his, him playing the shamisen has... Uh, it affects the people around him and it helps to kind of change their lives or like motivate them in some way. And like the, after that, they kind of seem to go away a little bit. Like not necessarily that they're not a part of the story anymore, but they kind of recede from being main characters into the realm of like a side character, mm -hmm. which I think is very interesting. Yeah. I, please. I This is the show that I'm pushing everyone to watch this season. Check cool. it out. <laughs> um, Justin, is is the next show the show you're going to push everyone to it's watch? It's not, but it's good. Uh, <laughs> next up we have Combatants Will Be Dispatched, uh, streaming on Funimation from JC Staff. 
Um, and the kind of the tagline to this this show is always bring a gun to a sword fight, which okay. is sound advice. That is that's a good tagline. Yeah. Um, basically, it's about the the top minds of the Kisaragi Corporation, an evil mega corporation that have nearly achieved world domination, uh, decide to move on up to the lofty goal of interstellar conquest. Uh, it is decided that their chief oper- chief operative, Combat Agent Six, will be traveling through a suspicious teleportation device that almost definitely probably works in order to uh, extend the evil criminal group's reach beyond the stars. Uh, joining him on this dastardly endeavor is the delightfully sarcastic, high-performance android Alice. Together, they will work uh, to spread their organization's evil influence to this alien planet, starting with changing the name, uh, the sacred incantation for a holy ritual, to the most embarrassing thing he can think of. Uh, the show is very silly. Uh, it's very self-aware. <laughs> it seems like a, a sort of like a sci-fi Konosuba, in my opinion. Yes. Um, I enjoy it. It's etchy as hell. Um, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I don't hate it's it. It's fine. It's not my favorite one. We've we've talked about this a fair bit. It it animes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a silly. You know, it's a a, a show. That's just it knows what it's there for. It's yeah. it's there for the gags, it's for the giggles. It's yeah, it's if you're very into kind of like and I don't mean this in a disparaging way cuz I love this humor, but like teenage boy kind of like humor. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's it's a good fix for this that. This is the polar opposite of Snow White Strings. Yeah. Or Snow it, White Notes rather. Um that's a really great way of <laughs> describing it. Yeah. I think I, that's pretty spot on. I do like the show though. I'm going to keep watching it. It's funny. Um, there are there are even a couple tender moments. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. There was one in this most recent episode. I'll talk to you about it offline. I don't want to give it away on screen. Yeah, um, um, yeah, because I watched like the first two, and I was like, and I've seen enough. This is the one I'm okay leaving behind. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's you know if if you are in the mood for kind of more of a sci-fi Konosuba, I think, and you want a little bit of etchy, I think this is a good place to go this this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, also kind of bouncing to a completely different opposite end of the spectrum. Um, I, 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 my guess would be that this one will end up being Best Boy Justin's favorite show this season. Yeah, I've already talked about how it already is, yeah. <laughs> um, is, is Super Cub. Mm. Uh, Super Cub. Which, uh, is, is not the, um breed of gay man that best boy justin is <laughs> <laughs> we were actually we were super worried about this one because it didn't it, it wasn't confirmed to be streaming on funimation until like a week before it yeah did. but like i was we, gonna find it no matter what. yeah no this was the show when i read the synopsis i was like i'm watching this show i'm gonna watch this show and i'm gonna fall in love with before it. before we tell the synopsis i do want to talk about the um animation studio because it was it was interesting doing a little research into them so it's from studio kai um, so basically, uh, if you remember the studio Gynax, who used to be huge back in the day, they founded, uh, this company called Gonzo, who, <laughs> my notes are like so bro for this. Mm-hmm. It's Gynax peeps founded Gonzo, who did a shit ton of awesome stuff, which is true. <laughs> That's they true. Did. Yeah. They did a shit ton of awesome stuff. They did Helsing. They did Desert Punk. They did Desert Full Punk. Metal. One of my favorite old shows, by the way. Um, they did Full Metal Panic. They did Hinumaro Sumo. Um, they did Welcome to the NHK, uh, Afro Samurai, like they have some pedigree there. Yeah. Um, Animation Studio Gonzo uh, revealed in 2019 that it had executed an absorption type company split 
and transferred a portion of its anime production, uh, intellectual property, and rights management business to the newly formed Studio Kai. So basically, Gainax evolved into Gonzo, evolved into Studio Kai, uh, and they are now bringing us Super Cub, which Justin... Tell the tell the fans what it's about. Yeah, so for lack of a better way of putting it, second-year high school student Koguma lives a sad and boring life. Uh, she has no parents, no friends, and no hobbies. Every day for her is a solitary monotony of going to school, eating the same instant lunch food by herself, coming home, and going to sleep. However, one day, after having seen someone fly by on a motor scooter, she takes an interest in them and manages to get her hands on a second-hand Super Cub motor scooter that uh, someone died on uh, for cheap. <laughs> Listen, it's, like, hella cheap, too. Yeah. It's, it, like, 200 bucks or something? It was, yeah, it was, like, $200. Um, Listen, a whole family could have died on that. I'll buy it for 200 bucks. Yeah. Uh, but the world suddenly turns for her, and color fills her face. Uh, her Super Cub is more than just a way to get to school. It becomes the key to unlock new adventurous life and forge precious friendships. Um, all of my yes. Yeah. This story is everything. It's this show forever. It's cute girls mopetting. Yeah. This show is so great. Um, I love how like the main character in the the early half of the first episode is drawn like really pale. Um, like they're kind of almost drawn in a similar way to like the Attack on Titan characters, like characters who've seen some shit. Um, and then like as soon as she sits on the Super Cub at the dealership, her face fills with color, and I was like, "Wow, that was incredible." Well, this show has just an insane level of attention to detail. So the the scene that sticks out in my head is in the first episode, where you know you they're kind of going through her morning routine and you 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 know you really get a sense of a person when you watch them get ready and like you get a sense of her life and how it's she lives it um you know she wakes up she makes rice and then she has just like all of her meals laid out pre-packaged um she just has to heat them up like in a tray and you know she looks through her options she selects one of the packets and and that's her meal for the day and she does that clearly every day when we revisit this the next day, um, you see that the package she selected that morning is missing. Yep. And and just the fact that they took that attention to detail and were that accurate mm-hmm. between the scenes is like refreshing to see. Um, it's just a really, really well executed anime. Um, you really kind of get the sense of her isolation and loneliness and how she builds this connection to the freedom and and in in a way i relate because you know i grew up in um kind of outskirts of you know desert town um and so like driving was really a freedom for me and it changed my whole life so i i can kind of relate to that moment and how much that can change your life absolutely yeah one of the things i really also love about the show is the ost um, all of the music is pretty great in this show. I really loved their rendition of uh, Claire de Lune from the first mm, episode. Yeah. Really stuck out to me. That was really good. It was really Surprising well done. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really well done. It's like kind of the, the backtrack to like her going on like a midnight ride. Um, was really beautiful. Um, it has really well-timed comedic elements in the show too, which is important yeah. when you're telling a drama story. Because like if you don't, things get like really heavy. 
Um, but like one of my favorite ones, one that sticks out in my mind, was when she's at the dealership buying her Super Cub after after she buys it, right? And reminder, this is the Super Cub that somebody died on, so she got it for a <laughs> steep discount. And like, um, you know, the guy asks her, like, do you have a helmet and gloves and stuff? And she like shows him what she brought, which is like, I think it was like a bicycle helmet and yeah. some gardening gloves. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 hang on, I'll go get you some. And so he comes back out with like an actual like scooter helmet and like riding gloves. And she takes them and she looks up at him and she goes, how many people did these kill? <laughs> and like I thought it was hilarious. It was so funny. Like because I thought she was going to look it up and go, oh, thank you so much. Or like you're so nice. And she was like, how many people did these kill? And I lost it. And it was so funny. It's if you liked Eurocamp, like this is the spiritual successor in a way. It maybe in a, in a, Just in a small in, way. in like a cozy kind of to like, me this kind like, of feels almost like a cross between like if you had to have two anime have a baby if anime could have babies uh, maybe March comes in like a lion in Yuru camp oh my god because thinking of she's all the horrible, so sad I know but if two animes could have a baby I'm thinking of all the horrible horrible babies that could happen oh yeah it could it could get pretty bad <laughs> yeah it could get pretty bad but, but in this case it was great uh this is definitely my favorite show so far drop this season plus no nope, stop no nope, we're not talking about it we're not talking about <laughs> it we're talking about it later no we're not um, i have it scripted yeah. in we're talking about it later <laughs> favorite favorite show so far this season um next up is one that i thought might be my favorite show so far this season but it is not <sighs> it's my favorite story this season it, the story is great but uh you know let's get into it it's the way of the house husband streaming on netflix from jc staff um this show wow like i i love the manga i am in love with the manga and the story is there like they're basically doing the manga chapter for chapter Almost panel for panel and, and that's great but they're doing it a little too panel for panel because the drawing is basically it, there's no animation it looks like if you've ever seen one of those like um visual comic books yes. where they like just take comic book panels and kind of like animate little bits of it and like have the like text like scroll out as you're reading it like that's basically what is happening here yeah like um, at one point there's like one character is chasing another and like their 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 animations aren't running they're yeah, just they're just bouncing. teetering back and forth yeah like, and i was like this is like middle school level it's shit. like south park like yeah it is it's like the south park, of south of park and i was really animation. disappointed because like yes it does have a really great story and we're going to tell you a little bit about that story in a second but i read the manga i know the Me story too. I wanted to see it come to life. Yeah, this is basically like, if you haven't read the manga and you want to, watch the show. <laughs> yeah, because the show is basically the manga. The show is basically the manga. It's, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate because it's still an, an enjoyable thing to watch. Because the story is just so good. I did have, uh, like, because we, we um, it was myself, best person cat, best girl Alicia, we were just hanging out on the couch and we just like, oh, blew through like episodes two through uh, two, three, and four, and it was hilarious. We were having such a great time. Yeah. But like the initial shock of watching the first episode, I was sad. I was like, "Oh no." Well, what's funny is I remember I watched it before you did, and then you came to me and were like, "Did you watch it?" And I went, "Yeah, the animation was terrible." And you went, "I know." Yeah. And like, just we immediately were like, 
going off on it. Yeah, it was it was it was rough. I was pretty disappointed. Well, um, you should still tell the people. What yeah, the so let's about, talk about what it's about because it does have a great story. And, and um, one last thing before you tell the story too. This is JC Staff, the kind of the uh, studio that we featured at the beginning of the episode, and we we know that they're capable of good things. Yeah, that's the most disappointing. Done part such of it. good things, so it's. I don't know if it was them, if it was time, if it was budget. It was someone made a choice at some point to. I think it was budget, most likely, because it, it, yeah. it looks like, you know, the stuff that they animated looks good, but it looks like they only had enough budget to animate like a third of the panels. Yeah, um, but basically, the story centers around the immortal Tatsu, a legendary Yakuza enforcer who single-handedly defeated an entire rival gang with just a lead pipe. His name alone strikes fear in the hearts of hardened police officers and vicious criminals alike. Our story begins as Tatsu pulls on a suit over his scarred and tattooed body, slides some sunglasses on his face, and dons an apron with a Shiba Inu on it. Uh, having left the gangster life behind, Tatsu has become a house husband and struggles every day to adapt to his new life. From battling it out in the grocery store to getting on the limited time sales to afternoons spent making Instagram-worthy yogurt parfaits with ex-cons, the comically serious Tatsu works hard every day to get used to his life as a stay-at-home husband. Um, it's a great story. The manga is fantastic. I'm reading the fourth volume right now. Um, I mean, honestly, if you haven't read the manga, watch the show. Um, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. If you have, it's fine. If you have read the manga, like... You're you're not gaining anything from the show. You're not gaining like an animated version of it. Like, yeah, I mean, to, for to me, like it's still worth watching, but just be prepared to be disappointed. Um, also, apparently, it, the version of it that Netflix is playing in China, he doesn't have any tattoos. Yeah, that's an interesting note. Yeah. Um, so that's a thing. But uh, yeah, so that's you know that's House Husband in a nutshell. I love the story. Um, I'm disappointed. The end. Yeah. Um, so the next show is is kind of a spicy topic for a lot of reasons. Spicy, um, spicy, meet the ball. And I think maybe the the spiciest take on it is that um, we weren't as impressed as we thought we would be uh, so, from this show. Here's the thing: I was somewhat familiar with this property, so like I have seen the I have seen this manga before. The the show by the way it. is is Don't Toy with yes. Miss Nagatoro. Yeah, streaming on Crunchyroll. Um I have seen the manga out and about. I haven't read it personally, but I know it's very popular. I was vaguely aware with the premise just because of the title. Um but wow, the first episode, man. It, like so Maybe we should tell. We should yeah, give yeah. the synopsis so, first. So the so basic the basic premise of the story is that high schooler uh, Hayase Nagatora loves spending her free time doing one thing, and that's to bully her. After Nagatoro and her friends stumble upon aspiring artist drawings, they find enjoyment in mercilessly bullying the timid senpai. Nagatoro resolves to continue her cruel game and visits him daily so that she can force. Senpai! into doing whatever interests her at the time, especially if it makes him uncomfortable. Slightly aroused by and somewhat fearful of Nagatoro, is uh, consistently roped into her antics as his interests, hobbies, appearance, and even personality are used against him as she entertains herself at his expense. As time goes on, Senpai! realizes he doesn't dislike Nagatoro's presence, and the two of them develop an uneasy friendship as one patiently puts up with the antics of the other one. Um, it's 
So. Here's the thing. Okay. One, one thing I do want to point <laughs> out is the title. So the title that they went with for the anime is Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Which but, is a little misleading because yeah. it's not a direct translation. No, the direct translation is Don't Bully Me, Miss Nagatoro. Well, it's like somewhere in between the two, right? Yeah, it's 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 complicated, but generally all of the manga that I've seen in, um, you know, all of the translations that I've seen for the most part have been Don't Bully Me. Only a couple have actually been translated as Don't Toy With Me. And I think maybe Don't Bully Me is a little bit more appropriate. I mean, especially going off of the first episode. So as of recording this, only two episodes are out. And the second episode's a little bit better. But the first episode, like, really feels like bullying. Yeah, like, she makes him cry twice. And, like, wipes up his tears with her, like, handkerchief. Yeah. And it, part part of the thing that, that sticks out for me, because, like, they're trying, to, they're trying to justify it by saying, oh, well, he kind of likes into it. it. But yeah. they also talk about how, like, he was heavily bullied in middle school. Yeah. And so, like, that kind of feels like a, a a trauma response more than a, oh, I guess I don't hate this so much type of response. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and from what we've been told, this is, you know, supposed to be the, you know, the passing of the torch from Harimiya and uh, Tonakawa. Like, this is supposed to be, like, an amazing love story. And I'm not buying it. Yeah, it's it's a tough sell, and like maybe it'll get there. Like I'm gonna stick with it, um, but like it, it's I would say it's almost triggering to a certain point. Like with the bullying, like there are points to it where I'm not okay with it. I'm like, yeah. this should stop. And and from what I understand, we will see a point where she reaches the kind of limits and learns what's acceptable and what's not. But I. I don't know. There, I do see an argument to be made about how there is an element of glorifying bullying to yeah. this, and and I'm not particularly okay with that. And I also, I I do push back pretty pretty heavily on the the characterization of this being like the passing of the torch from like Tonikawa and Harimia because Tonikawa and Harimia are about like really wholesome. Yeah, those were cozy fairly love functional stories. relationships. This yeah. is even okay, even if it does turn out to be like <laughs> they they are, you know, they love each other or whatever. Not a healthy relationship. Definitely not a healthy way to start. Uh, are you kink shaming, James? <laughs> I, I am a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. No, just because it, it just was so visceral, just like the way that she was like bullying him in the first episode, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is really bad." Yeah. And, like you know me, I'm not I'm not a softy or anything like that, but <laughs> holy hell! Like I was watching this, like this doesn't feel good. You yeah. know what I mean? I that all that said, the second episode did feel yeah. more like toying, like yeah, exactly. The, the second episode was better, but I cannot get the taste of the first episode yeah. out of my mouth. You know what I, I mean? I will be interested to see how this one uh progresses um over time um on a on a very very different uh side of the spectrum we have tokyo revengers which we talked about uh previously before with the the crunchy roll um trailer for it uh didn't do it great justice so no. basically this show is um about uh takamichi uh hanagaki Hanagaki? Yeah. yeah. Uh, his life feels as though it couldn't get any worse until he re- uh, learns of the death of his junior high sweetheart, Hinata Tachibana. So many years later, the name still stirs something in him. Distraught, he travels home to be 
pushed in front of an oncoming train. Um, upon impact, he awakes in the body of a young blonde hoodlum. It's teenage him. Unfortunately, though, he has to relive one of the worst days of his life. On this day, his life will forever turn down a dark path, working for an inescapable gang, the events of which lead him uh, to Hinata Tachibana and her brother's death. Can Takamichi do anything to make the present not come to pass? Spoilers? Probably. This is a time travel anime, after all. Um, <laughs> so... It's, uh, this anime is from Linden Films, who's actually been crushing it lately. They did After School Dice Club, um, they did Berserk 2016, which is not great, but last season they brought us Cells at Work Black and Other Side Picnic, which Best Boy Justin will preach to the high heavens. Yeah. If you um, didn't watch Other Side Picnic, you're wrong. Watch it. <laughs> um, I need to finish that one still. That's You're wrong. Watch it. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, I gotta finish that. Um... But this show uh, is is actually pretty good. It's it reminds me of ReZero in a way, in the way that it kind of handles time travel, except um, kind of from a reverse end, where it's yeah. like you've already seen the outcome of it, and then how do you go back in time and do it? Uh, the you haven't uh, watched the second episode. No, yet. I've only watched the first episode. They so far. they get into a little bit of the rules of the time travel in the second episode, which does bug me a little bit because it's it's one of those classic. Well, here's the answers, and then you're like, wait, how did you even figure that out? Yeah, it's like oh, like uh, it's like barely a spoiler. Like he shakes someone's hand, and he realizes like, oh, if I shake this person's hand, it'll send me back to my present time, and it's like. Why is that the thing? And, yeah. and this is actually uh, kind of a bigger question I have in, in these kinds of, like, shows. Like, do they ever answer, like, how does this work? Like, you know, I guess in ReZero we know it's, like, Achidna's, like, power. But, like, yeah. this one, like, there's no other kind of, like, mystical, magical elements to it other than, like, he gets hit by a train and gets sent back in time. Right. Yeah, for and reasons. I, I do think that um, you know there are some significant differences between this and uh, ReZero because I, I remember you, you would ask you were asking is this an isekai, um, and you know I don't really think so. I don't know that time travel on its own necessarily counts. So like with ReZero, yes, he, he is, is time traveling new worlds, mm-hmm. but he's not he's not <laughs> in a new world necessarily like it depends on which theory of time travel you subscribe to and we can go through this all day long Oof. but i am i would say like re-zero can, obviously is an isekai because he can time travel but he time travels within the context of this new world that he has been yeah, reincarnated yeah. into um what do you think best buds you want to get in on this argument like, <laughs> um, um what i will also say is it's a little and these are just the things that are weird to me i actually even if it may not seem like it i really enjoyed this anime so far um I'm also confused as to, like, why an adult is pining over their, like, high school or, like, junior high relationship. And, like, I get that this is probably the last relationship this dude had, but, like, damn, man. Like, I can't even remember my junior high relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that said, this show is is actually, like, quite good. It's 
So when he travels back, so that kind of like worst day that I was alluding to before, he basically gets just the shit stomped out of him by like the like local gang. And mm. they say, your ass is ours now. Like you have to do what we say or we'll kill you basically. Yeah. And this is like a memory that he has kind of blocked out. Yeah. Basically. Um, and so basically he has to go back and like kind of um, infiltrate the gang once again. And... Um, you know, they had control over him throughout, like, for years. And he has to, like, go back into the gang and, like, kind of change how it operates to try and change how the future turns out because he wants to save this girl. Um, so it's it's promises to be, like, a really great, like, street punk kind of show because, like, all of them are, like, hoodlums. And that's where all the, you know, we talked about earlier, the crazy hair came from is, like, yeah. they all have, like... And the MC Hammer pants. Yeah, and the MC Hammer pants is they have, like, that kind of, like, you know, hoodlum aesthetic kind of, like, um, Kuwabara. Uh, yeah. From, I haven't seen any Pompadours yeah. yet, but I'm sure oh, that I'm we're going to sure see some. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it looks to be gritty, um... You know, so I, I would I would highly recommend it. I think it was a good show. Yeah, you know, I think it has an interesting story to tell um, as uh, Takamichi works through, uh, you know, kind of regret and loss, but like through the lens of like, how would you work through regret and loss if you could travel through time? You know, so I think I think it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably watch the second episode sometime tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe give it a shot. Don't uh, don't be don't be deterred by the weird and uninformative trailer that they gave us <laughs> on the, the Crunchyroll Awards. Definitely, um, Best Boy Justin. This this show is is kind of in your wheelhouse. Yeah, sure. So the next one up we have is the rom com where the childhood friend won't lose, streaming on Crunchyroll. Uh, this one comes to us from Doga Kobo. Uh, they do they're doing My Senpai is Annoying, which is going to be really good. It's upcoming. It's not out yet. Um, but I can't wait for it. I just got the manga, so I'm excited to read that. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, they are also doing, uh, they did Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle, Asteroid in Love, really good. Uh, How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. Which and, you need to finish. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's uh, and fun. And Helpful Fox Senko-san, which you need to watch. Yes. Um, but uh, this show is really has a really interesting premise. I'm just going to read straight from the, uh, you know, the original synopsis here, um, which shows, My childhood friend, Shida Kuroha, uh, seems to have feelings for me. She lives next door and is small and cute. With an outgoing character, she's the caring Onesan type, this being one of her greatest strengths. But I already have my first love, the beautiful idol of our school and the award-winning author Kachi Shirokusa. Uh, thinking about it rationally, I should have no chances with her. But while walking home from school, she only talks to me. With a smile, even. I might even have a chance, don't you think? Or so I thought. But then I heard that Shirokusa already has a boyfriend and my life took a turn for the worse. I want to die. Why is it not me? Even though she was my first love. As I was drowning in despair and depression, Kuroha whispers, If that's that tough for you, then how about we get revenge? The best revenge ever, that is. A cute twist on the genre. Um, I don't know, though. Like, It's it's more... When you, when you talk about rom-com, this is definitely heavier on comedy than romance. Yeah. But I do like it. So I, I think one thing the synopsis kind of left out is that the childhood best friend has already like revealed yeah. that she is in love with the protagonist of the show. Yeah, and, where the story and, picks up, she has or just confessed to him. Yeah, and he basically shot her down because yeah. he already had feelings for this other girl. And I really love that like twist of it because especially just the confession part of love in anime is like the most drawn out thing yeah so having it already out is like great 
Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to, and it also sets up a really good premise where you can have like, you know, all, all the kind of typical comedy things happen, like mistaken identities and like, you know, misunderstandings and lies and like all, all the things that make for a good like rom-com. I think there is really well set up by this situation. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm glad to see that it's going to be, you know, it seems like it's going to be a pretty funny show. Um, I'm going to keep watching it. I'm curious to see how it goes. Um, people who have read the manga have said that it's really, really good. So let's see. Let's yeah. see what the show has to offer. Um, so the next show I want to talk about, um, we'll come back to this one, is uh, Mars Red. Uh, I was really surprised by how good this show was. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, uh, or Best Boy Justin, if you want to take the lead on this one, because I know this is like your new jam. Yeah, so Mars Red's uh, streaming on Funimation right now uh, comes to us from Signal MD. Uh, they did uh, Fully Cooly Progressive, Recovery of an MMO Junkie, and uh, an upcoming show called Dragon Goes House Hunting. Which, all I know about that show is the title of it, and I'm sold 10 out of 10, will watch. Perfect. Um, I just need a dragon house hunting anime. That sounds Perfect. Yeah. So I'm just going to jump right into the synopsis here because I feel like once I finish it, you'll understand why I'm kind of interested in it. Uh, But the year is 1923 and vampires have existed for quite a while. However, recently the number of vampires has been increasing and a mysterious artificial blood source called Oscra has been circulating in the underworld. In response, the Japanese government creates Code Zero, a unit within the army commanded by Yoshinobu Maeda, uh, tasked with hunting down vampiric forces. And what better way to track vampires than by using vampires? Um, so yeah, this is vampires in 1920s Japan. What else do I need to say to you? (laughs) Like, uh, it's really good. It has a lot of potential. The imagery is very, very gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I think it's prettier than Joran. It's definitely, in my opinion, the prettiest anime we have this season. There's, there's one, like, in the first episode, they take you into this, uh, holding cell. Yeah. Um, that is just, like, the way they animate, like, how deep underground it is is spectacular because you just get this sense that like they're so afraid of these vampires that you know they've made this staircase that leads like hundreds of meters into the like earth um and and just the way it's animated like really brings that feeling to life Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous top to bottom um kind of like essentially they're doing like a whole like vampire like uh verse vampire attack unit. Yeah. Um it's it promises to be pretty pretty action packed and awesome. Yeah, like two episodes in and I'm completely hooked. Like all of the characters uh, are very complex, they're whole, they have motivations you can understand. Um the story is really engaging and like every time it finishes I'm like, "Oh, I want to know more. Like I can't wait the next week." Like cuz you know, you have these shows that you watch them and it's over and you're like, "Okay, well, you know, next week I'll tune in for the next episode." But like this is one of those shows where it ends and you're like, "Oh, I have to wait a whole week. I can't do it." Yeah, it's you know this I mean? and and those Snow White strings, I think. Yeah, Snow White that feeling. Yeah. Um and uh, what stands out obviously is how gorgeous it is, but like one of the things that I, you know, I talked about this a little bit with um with Joran but uh, the time period it takes place in is really interesting to me, too. Um, it's this kind of Edo period. Sorry, wrong again. Taisho or early Showa period? This, um, 
where Japan is beginning to modernize, but its emphasis on tradition is still very apparent. Um, and it's been getting a lot more representation in anime recently, mm-hmm. um, and I'm totally all about it. Like some other examples are Golden Kamui. We've got Joran, which we already talked about. Uh, Demon Slayer, sort of. Yeah. It wasn't a super important aspect of season one, but we do get a little bit of it at the end. And then I think we're gonna get yeah. more of it in Mugen Train and also season two. Yeah, from what I understand, I think season two takes place like more in the like city yeah like you know season one for the most part it takes place like out in the mountains in the woods so like Mm -hmm. it could be any time period it wouldn't really make a difference um until they finally get into the city you're like oh okay this is the time period this is set in um and i think it's really interesting i'm really i'm really glad to see it and i'm really excited to to continue on with it the next show we want to talk about is yasuke and this is not my third take trying to get through (laughs) this um but it is coming at you uh on the 29th of april so we haven't seen it quite yet but it is uh gonna be on netflix um Hopefully we'll we'll get the full season, but uh, what we forgot to mention before was that House Husband uh, is getting dropped in two parts, so we got the first five episodes, now we're getting the second five episodes later on, um, so we don't know what's going to be going on with Yasuke, if it's going to do that, or the full season, we shall see, mm-hmm. um, but basically uh, imagine a village in danger, a mysterious child, warring daimyo, and the greatest ronin ever known, all clash in a Japan of magic and mechs. Learn the story of the first African samurai. I did it. No, I got through that. You didn't. No, I didn't. The greatest ronin never known. The never greatest, known. You know what? Good enough. That one stays. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I, I'm just for the record. I wrote this, so yeah. I, I want you to read it right. Uh, best boy Justin wrote that part, but um, I I can't say uh, what's the word? Daimyo. Daimyo. What is what is a daimyo? A daimyo is like a like a samurai ruler. Samurai ruler. Yeah, yeah. Like they, a measuring they're, ruler. They're, no. <laughs> they're, they're the ones who employ the samurais. Oh, okay, I got you. All right, interesting. Um, you all get the point. It's this story is it's based on a real story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously loosely because it has magic and mechs, but no, hundred percent real. Yeah, it happened. In yeah, Japan. yeah, no, uh, it's based on uh, there was an actual samurai named Yasuke who, through some course of events, probably involving slavery and Europeans. Um, That's a ended up in in uh, Japan and kind of became a samurai in the service of Oda Nobunaga. Yeah, I mean that alone is is kind of enough to sell you that plus Mappa. Like I think that it's going to be a, a stellar show. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty. I'm interesting. really excited. Yeah, uh, we will keep you in the loop as more develops on that. Yeah, but uh, next up we have Let's Make a Mug Two uh, streaming on Crunchyroll. Uh, this one comes to you from Half HP Studio. They did uh, D Gray Man. Fate Apocrypha, Hitori Bochi, Karin, Konosuba, Plunderer, Promare, Relife, Gurren Lagann, Wodakoi, and Eurocamp Season 2. So they've done stuff you've heard about. Yeah. Um, it's it's cute. Um, Best Boy Justin, you want to give the synopsis? I do, because you don't fully appreciate the show. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll explain that in a second. <laughs> so the city of Tajimi, located in the southern part of Gifu Prefecture, Japan, is famous for Mino Earthenware. <laughs> Uh, the city is dotted with historical poetry, uh, pottery producers and ceramic art museums. It has facilities where you can try your hand at making pottery and uh, many restaurants that serve food on Minoware dishes. Uh, the story begins when a high school girl moves to a shopping street in Tajimi. 
Uh, many encounters await her, friends, town folks, ceramic art, etc. What will she discover in a town famous for ceramic? So Best Boy Justin watched the episode first and then watched it again with me. And once we finished, I was like, yeah, it's all right. I enjoy it. And you would have thought. No, that's that not what you said. You would have You thought, said you were going to drop it. That's you what you said. You would have thought that I killed his mother and then spit on her grave. Because you, you watched the first episode and you're like, yeah, that was fine. I'm gonna, I think I might drop it, though. And I was like, what? It was, listen, it's it's a good show. Um, if I have to pick one slice of life uh, this season, I'm going to go with Super Cub. But you don't. You I don't, don't have to pick one. But I, anyway, I am Best Boy Dan's in jail now, and this is my show. Um, this show is really comfy and fluffy. If you want to watch a show that revolves around like cute anime girls pursuing their passions, this is your bet. Um, if you're a fan of Asteroid and Love or like a place further than the universe, you can go ahead and line right on up because this show is going to be right up your alley. Um, I I love this show. It's very it's like it's not the best slice of life this season, but it's a solid slice of life. I would say A tier, maybe maybe B tier. Um, I love that the show has a live action component. That's a thing that, that is really cool. You get these little like ten minute like video, like I don't know what you would call them, like video episodes, vignettes, um, little vignettes, um, which are live action uh, and they kind of feature the voice actresses exploring Tajimi, um, which auto corrected in my notes to Tahini, sure, um, which that would is be where a the more interesting is set. show. Yeah, right. If it was a, a sentient carton of tahini yeah uh but making you, mugs you get to see the places that inspire like the characters homes and the backdrop for the anime and you kind of get an opportunity to learn some new things about japanese culture which is really neat like you know i've i've learned a fair bit about japanese culture but i didn't know that there was this whole huge subset of um pottery in japan like yeah. and it's regional so like this is a specific type of pottery that they mentioned which is called minoware but like every like region in Japan has its own distinct and like vibrant and unique type of pottery, and that's a thing that I had never known about. Um, so I think it's really neat, and the characters are adorable. Yeah, I I will say it is it is a good cute show. Um, if you have time for one and uh, slice of life anime, watch Super Cub. If you have time for two, definitely put this on the list. But yeah. just, if you have time for one, just make more time. <laughs> that is also an option for you, too. Yeah. Um, though the next one is also a slice of life uh, Yeah, anime? like, kind of. Um, so we have the Slime Diaries uh, from Crunchyroll. This is a, a kind of spin-off of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Um, comes to you from 8-Bit. The, they did uh, Slime, but they also did Tokyo Ravens and Rewrite. Um, this is, uh, it, this describes a hilarious spinoff season where you'll get a glimpse into the daily lives of Rimuru and the other residents of the Jura Tempest Federation. Um, and it kind of, what it feels like to me is they took all of the filler episodes that would have been in like a longer format shonen type mm -hmm. show and they just made it its own spinoff. Um, and I mean that in the best way possible. It's really nice. It's a lot of fun. You get to learn about some of the side characters' motivations. You get to understand a little bit more about the way they interact with each other within the context of this uh, like kind of city that Rimuru has built. And you also get some insight into Rimuru themselves. Is this canon? Yes. Oh, it is? Yes, it's oh, canon. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it takes place right after they defeated the Orc uh, okay. Lord. Okay. Um, so it's before the it's before the events of the second season, um, and it's yeah it's 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 canon. Like oh, they they mention stuff that has happened within the um, 
the context of the first season, and they also reference stuff that will that is happening in the future in the second season. Oh, that's cool. So, like, they talk about how oh, we're building this ceremony hall for this big ceremony we're gonna have, which is part of the first part of the uh, season two. Interesting. Um, so yeah, it's canon. It's interesting. It's a lot of fun. It's you know, to me, this is kind of like the isekai quartet of this show. Watch it. For your, you know, when you're like, oh, I don't know what to watch, or you know, I'm not in the mood to watch anything heavy. Yeah, watch if you're some a slime big, If you're a big slime fan, it's it's more of the characters. Yeah, you get like. some Shion. You get some background on Benny Maru, which is nice. Oh, you I do get like to me see the Benny ninja Maru. dude being a ninja dude, which is cute. Um, you get to see them all planting crops and just going about their day to day lives. But I think it's nice. It's calming. It's relaxing. It's soothing. Watch the show if you get a chance. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I. All right. Yeah. No. You seemed like you wanted to say something, but okay. No. I mean, I I haven't seen it. All right. Um, this we're in the portion uh, of the list, which is is more uh, Best Boy Justin focused. Yeah. Um, it, it seems interesting. I there's a reason this is not on on my section. This is not as much my cup of tea. But um, it, you know, I like all the characters. So if I had more time, I might check it out. <sighs> yeah. So next up, we have the Saints' magic power is omnipotent. Streaming on Funimation, uh, which comes to you from Dio Medea, which is a studio we've talked about before. Yeah, um, they did a little uh, little show you may have heard of called Domestic Girlfriend. Never heard of it. <laughs> um, they also did Ahiro no Sora, My Girlfriend is a Showbitch, Can Cole, and Campion. Um, yeah, so, you know, this story centers around Sei, uh, a 20-year-old office worker who is whisked away to a whole new world. Unfortunately for her, the ritual that summoned her meant to produce a saint who would banish the dark magic brought two people over instead of one, and everyone prefers the second girl over her. Uh, but this is actually just fine with her, who deci- uh, and she decides to leave the royal palace to set up a shop making potions and cosmetics with her newfound magic. Uh, business is booming, and this might not be such a bad life after all, as long as her supposed sainthood doesn't come back to haunt her. Uh, which I guess it probably will. Probably. <laughs> That's how those things tend to go. Yeah. Uh, and to me, you know, this has been a, a fairly interesting show. It's not on my must-see list, but, like, uh, it seems like Diomede is kind of trying to tackle, like, what if an isekai was also a shoujo? Um, and I don't hate it. It's interesting. Yeah. It's fine. Um, if you get a chance, if you're if you're into shoujo, watch it. You, it'll, it'll scratch that itch. Um, if you want an isekai that's off the beaten path, it's not a sword art clone. It doesn't do the power fantasy kind of thing. Um, so it's pretty interesting in that regard. Um, give it a shot. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not anything super special, you know, it hasn't changed my life. Yeah. Um, the next one was, was supposed to just be you watching it. Yeah, but you started watching it too, But I started watching it too, and I actually loved it. Yeah. Um, it's, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. Um, this is coming from Revoroot, Revoroot Studio. Uh, they haven't done a ton. Uh, you might recognize FLCL Alternative and Babylon from them. Um, Best Boy Justin, you want to take the synopsis for this one? Yeah, so this one, um, this is another isekai. Um, and it's, uh, it centers around, um... Azusa Aizawa, who has suddenly died from overwork in her mid-twenties. She finds herself before an angel, which allows her to reincarnate into a new world as an immortal witch. 
where she spends her days killing slimes for money on an otherwise eternal vacation. Uh, but even the minimal experience points from killing slimes will add up after hundreds of years, and Azusa discovers that she accidentally reached the maximum level. <laughs> uh, fearing that her strong abilities will attract work and force her back to a life of overexertion, she decides to hide her strength in order to preserve her peaceful lifestyle. Um, so far, it's pretty great. You know, it's light, it's silly. The protagonist's first companion is really cute. She gets a dragon. Her name is yeah. Laika. Um... Uh, one thing I really enjoy about this show is that it has this kind of underlying message about how you shouldn't give your life for your work. So, like, it's one that resonates with me personally, you know, <laughs> just with my experience over the past year or so. Uh, but, you know, remember, Best Buzz, any job that you have will drop you the moment that it is monetarily convenient to do so. Uh, so don't work yourself to death over it. Take your sick days, use your vacation days, and don't take work home with you. That's kind of the feel... Like, if, if there was, like, a, a serious message to this show, that's what I feel like it is. But uh, it's also just a kind of a cute isekai. It's also the best way anyone's ever been isekai Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, other the, than... Uh, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say other than Truckoon, obviously. Truckoon. I, interesting. I was going to say um, Ascendance of a Bookworm is also one of my favorite isekai. Oh, yeah. Crushed by a Bookshelf. Yeah. yeah so, uh, Ascendance of a Bookworm. Uh, she gets isekai She's a librarian. All she wants in her life is to be surrounded by books, and then a bookshelf falls on her and kills her. So, like, the for. yeah, the irony of that is great. Um, though this one, she just like overworks and dies. Yeah, she just like <laughs> has like a heart attack. And Which, whatever. like, you know, I feel that. I get you. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's it's super cute. Um, it's a nice kind of like cozy, soft kind of silly, funny, isekai yeah, type It's show. very funny. The comedic elements in this show are definitely not to be overlooked. Um, but yeah, I, I I have actually been really enjoying this show quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the next show is, there's not a lot of uh, sports anime this season. Yeah, there aren't really. So I checked out, uh, I mean, there's Megalobox season two. Right. Um, but the, the next one I checked out was Burning uh, Comedy from TMS Entertainment. Um, I thought this originally was a soccer anime, but it's actually about the sport called comedy, um, which is kind of like... Sounds like a made-up word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like Karata um, from uh, uh, Chihaya Furu, um, where it's like this very super niche like Japanese game. Um, it's basically full contact tag. Um, so the, the way the sport is played is you have two teams, one on either side of the court and the court's basically just like mats on like a basketball court. Um, and it's maybe like half the size of a basketball court, but one team will be on the offense and they will go over to the other player's team, uh, their other side, and they can be on their side as long as they are chanting comedy over and over and over again. So mm -hmm. it's just like comedy, 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 <laughs> like over and over. Uh, if you stop saying it, you know, you, and you're on that side, you lose the point. Um, but basically they have to tag the other team and then make it back to their side. Now the other team, as soon as they're tagged or even before they're tagged, can just tackle you. <laughs> and if you can't get to the other side and you stop saying comedy, you lose the point, they gain the point. So that's pretty much the basic premise of it. Uh, it's kind of a difficult sport to explain, but also kind of, uh, it's, it is a very odd sport question mark. Mm. Um, but it, this show has all the trappings of your standard sports um, genre. It's not 
winning any awards. This is not going toe to toe with Epo or Baby Steps or any like, you know, top tier uh, sports anime. But like, if you want a sports anime fix, like this does all the basics just fine. Like, I don't have anything to complain about with this show. There's just not anything to like sing high praises for with it. Right. Um, if you need a new sports anime fix, this will get you there. And you know, it's from TMS Entertainment, so you know they have experience. They've done all out. They've done. Uh, they did Megalo Box. They did. Um, you know, Mushi Petal. So they, they know sports anime. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not your usual sport. And that's kind of one of my favorite parts of sports anime is the weirder the sports, your shogis, your karatas, like all those. I, I really enjoy watching sports animes of. So if that sounds interesting to you, check it out. Um, the next show I was <laughs> also... I, I specifically avoided at first just because of the title of it. And and pretty much everything you need to know about it is said in the title, like up front. So it's called Higehiro. After being rejected, I shaved and took in a high school runaway. And like, you know, this is a contender, like just the title alone for our like why anime segment <laughs> that we did in the uh in the domestic girlfriend episode, but like it, that premise alone is is a tough swallow. Um, it's streaming on Crunchyroll, and and I would actually recommend this show. Um, the the overall premise is that office worker Yoshida has been crushing on his coworker uh, Iri Goto uh, for five years. Despite finally scoring a date with her, his confession is promptly rejected. Drunk and disappointed, he stumbles home only to find a high school uh, girl sitting on the side of the road. The girl, needing a place to stay, attempts to seduce Yoshida. Uh, despite rejecting her advances, he nevertheless invites her to his apartment. Which, like, right off the bat, you're like, uh oh, no. But, like, what I will say is, he's very firm. He's like, no, I don't want to sleep with you. He realizes that, like, that's how she's been getting by. Um, anyway, the next morning, the girl introduces herself as Sayu Ogiwara, uh, reveals that she is a runaway from Hokkaido and she has made it all the way to Tokyo. During her six month spree, she has continually traded sexual favors for a roof over her head. Yoshida, however, remains unswayed by her seduction. Instead, he has her do a different kind of work, one that entails washing dishes and doing laundry, and in so, a touching relationship between a heartbroken adult and a runaway high school girl begins. Now, that last part, that's the part that you feel with the show. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... If it keeps down that road, right, where it's just this sweet story about this guy who took in a high school runaway and, like, does not do anything untoward with her, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. Also, as long like, as it doesn't anime itself. Yeah. Also, like, a five-year work crush, that's a lot. Yeah. That's um, a lot. I understand it, though. She's super hot. <laughs> I mean, five years yeah that's um but yeah this also the show makes great memes yeah i'm um, sure it does <laughs> but like listen i i'm on board as long as it doesn't usagi drop yeah. and and now that we've referenced it twice justin can you please explain what an usagi drop is oh god all right so i'm going to explain it to you the way i experienced it how about that that'll make the most sense sure so uh usagi drop is an anime that i watched and don't watch it don't well we'll get to that in a second but yeah don't watch it 
uh, in case for whatever reason you stop listening before I finish the end of this story. Um, and it, it's just kind of this really cute story where this guy, his grandfather has died. Um, he goes to his grandfather's funeral, and when he gets there, uh, it turns out that he has a daughter. And not like a, obviously he has a daughter, but like he has like an 11 year old daughter. Um, and you know, the, the whole family is like, oh, what are we going to do with her? She's like, she's a disgrace to this family, blah, blah, blah. Like they're talking about like, we can put her in an orphanage and like, they're talking about her and she's like literally right there. And like, she's clearly very sad because she loved, you know, her father who was this guy's grandfather. And this guy kind of like goes up to them. He's like, you guys are all assholes. Uh, I'm going to take this kid and I'm going to, you know, take care of her. And just for some context, this he's like a this guy is like a twenty like six year old office worker. He's never had been in a serious relationship. He has no experience raising children. Um, so this is kind of the story of like them growing closer, like him learning to become a father, and her like kind of like learning to accept like a you know him as her her father. And it's like kind of like a really nice cute story. Like I, I watched it and I was like, oh, this is really this is really good. This was cute. And when it was over, I was like, hmm. I was like, I wonder, you know, is there going to be a season two? So I Googled Usagi Drop season two. <laughs> First mistake. Here we go. Uh, no, the, is the answer. There isn't going to be a season two. And I'll tell you why. Um, so the manga for this show. <laughs> oh, God. After they, you know, kind of reach the, the climax of the point where it is in the anime, where the anime ends, uh, skips forward in time like ten years uh, and becomes a grooming fantasy. Yep. Disgusting! Yeah. So basically, like, you know, it, it goes from like her being, you know, a precocious young child who is learning to, to kind of re-enter society and like with this guy as her guardian and like all of a sudden jump cuts to her as an adult being in love with him. Yep. And it's like, oh, <sighs> why? Anime was a mistake. Actually, I don't even necessarily know that she's an adult. I think maybe the, when the manga picks up, she's like 17. You know what? But I, like, I, we don't need to get that deep into it. Yeah. Anyway, as long as Higahiro does not pull an Usagi drop, yeah. it's going to be great. Which I have seen one anime do, and I won't say the name of it because I don't want it to get spoiled. Okay. Um, but I have seen one anime where the whole time uh, Best Person Cat and I were watching it, and we were like... Please don't animate yourself. Please don't animate yourself. <laughs> and it didn't in the end, and it was an amazing experience. So as long as this one doesn't do it, I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. Um, the next show I, I planned on telling y'all about uh, the world ends with you, the animation. Uh, the truth of the matter is, like, it's based on a video game that's hugely popular. Um, it's from Shin Ai Animation. Um, if you've played the game and you want to watch an animated version of it, watch it. If you haven't, probably steer clear of it. It's, you know, it very much feels like a video game, so I imagine it's not too dissimilar to playing the game. My sense from watching a couple episodes of it is that it is, like, not the premier way to get this story. I think the video game itself is probably the premier way. So uh, rather than kind of like go into it, I would say pick up the video game and I think that uh, you will get uh, much more enjoyment out of it. Besides, I would much rather talk about uh, a couple of the next shows on our list um, and potentially one of the best shows this season uh, is... Supercut? No, this is very different than Super Cub. This is To Your Eternity. Uh, it's from Brain Space. 
who did uh, Durarara, One Week Friends, um, Mazen Kaiser, and my teen romantic comedy Snapfu. I do just want to point in run real quick. I just finished reading the manga for One Week Friends, and the ending sucked, and it ruined my week. So this is a crazy story, and it, it basically starts with some sort of like deity holding an orb. Uh, this orb is sent to Earth to experience everything. It begins its mortal earthly existence as a rock. Then as moss begins to grow on it, the entity becomes the moss. Many decades pass before a chance encounter with a dying wolf brings the entity uh, a, a new form. It takes over as the deceased wolf, and for the first time in its life, it it has senses it can see it can hear it can smell it can taste and it backtracks where the wolf came from uh to come upon a boy in this kind of frozen abandoned uh tundra village uh it turns out that the wolf belonged to the boy and was really its only remaining friend as the remaining people from that village had gone on to find paradise leaving the boy by himself to take care of the now deceased elderly that had to remain in the village um this is a brilliant premise because you are able to kind of tell this huge story that's really about just human experience in all of the best and worst possible ways um, over the course of millennia even um, from the perspective of of this orb and what I will say is that like that this is kind of another example of the first season or first episode that sold me on a show like it, it has kind of you know, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing elements to it with the transformation of the orb, but it's, like, really this emotional story. Like, I was almost devastated by the first episode, and, and I won't say too much because I really think that you need to experience it. And and they've confirmed that it's going to be a 20-episode season, which I'm really excited about. Um, Best Boy Justin, did you get a chance to see this one? No, I didn't. I've seen the uh, the trailers for it. It does look interesting, but I actually haven't gotten around to watching it yet. It's it's crazy, and and it, you know, I just I don't want to say too much about it because I want people to see it and to experience it. Um, but I will warn you, like it is intense. It is emotional. Um, it, it in all the best possible ways. This. I think this is one of those shows that when all is said and done, like we'll look back on it and I will say, if you want to see why anime is an art form in the truest word of like art, like I think that this is going to be something that we look to. Um, actually, that said, I that may even be the case for the next show too. Oh, wow. That's bold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's... This show is actually shockingly good, too. So uh, I highly recommend To Your Eternity, especially if you want something a little bit, like, deeper. Um, but also Odd Taxi might have some surprising levels to it. So this is another one of those Crunchyroll shows that the trailer did not do justice to what it was. It looked like, you know, uh, you know chibi animal, humanoid animal taxi driver show. Um, but it is... It is definitely different. So check out the synopsis of it. Otakawa is a taxi driver. Uh, he's also a walrus. A everyone in this town is uh, kind of like a humanoid animal type. Think like a Gretzko or Beastars kind of styling. 
Um, but Otakawa lives an ordinary life, uh, taxiing some quirky customers around, a slightly eccentric stranger who has no relatives nor any relations with other people. Otakawa's hobby is to listen to Rakagu uh, on the radio before that... going to bed. No, Rakugo. Rakugo. <laughs> Um, like Bakugo, but yeah. rock, Rakugo. I wanna rock! <laughs> oh, I like that, Rakugo. Um, on the radio before going to bed. Uh, for the time being, the only people uh, he can consider as his friends is the family doctor, uh, Goriki, and his high school classmate, uh, Kakihana, uh, Kabasawa, or a college... <laughs> student uh who wants a buzz shirakawa a nurse who's hiding something comedian group homo sapiens who isn't uh selling well the city hoodlum dobu and the rookie idol group mystery kiss the conversations with these people which shouldn't mean much lead to a girl who has disappeared um so basically all this is to say that like there's this whole like missing story or person element to this story um you the main thing that's being told is this taxi driver and kind of all of the weird interactions he has so like the first person he picks up is this person who is struggling to uh, make it on social media because they're trying to get a job and that's the way people get jobs nowadays and like in the course of that interaction he takes like a selfie with the driver and the this like thug uh gorilla happens to be in like the back of the shot so there's like all these weird ways that this world like intertangles into this story um and with all that said no one might actually be animals in the show which is like another like weird whole other level to it like the thing I'm trying to figure out is the literally the first shot of the show is uh, a body in a bag wrapped in chains sinking to the bottom of like the water. And I'm not sure if like that's the main character or if that's something that's going to happen or if that's something that's already happened. Like it's there's definitely like multiple levels to the show that they're only just starting to get into. Um, so it, it's at first blush it seems just like another weird anthropomorphic animal show but there definitely seems to be some sort of like weird multi-level story being told here so it's definitely something that if that kind of thing perks your interest i would check out best boy justin i think you would would definitely enjoy it yeah maybe i'll give it a shot um the next one I'm happy that I got you to uh, finally watch because I know this is up your alley. Uh, and that's uh, 86. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk about 86 there? Yeah, sure. So 86 is streaming on Crunchyroll. It comes to you from A1 Pictures. Um, they did Alb Noah Zero, Blend S, Darling in the Franks, Aromaga Sensei, uh, Fairy Tale, Gate, Kaguya-sama, Sword Art Online, and Wodakoi. Um Dan, you had written here uh, Ender's Game with waifus, um, not quite, <laughs> but close. It's it's a it's an interesting comparison. It has elements of that. Yeah, but the uh, story centers around this is the kind of synopsis of it. Uh, for a long time, the uh, Republic of San Magnolia has been besieged by its neighbor, the Giardian Empire, which created a series of unmanned drones called the Legion. Uh, after years of painstaking research, the Republic finally developed autonomous, autonomous drones of their own, turning the one-sided struggle into a war without casualties, or at least that's what the government claims. In truth, there is no such thing as a bloodless war. 
Beyond the fortified walls protecting the 85 Republic territories lies the non-existent 86th sector. The young men and women of this forsaken land are branded the 86 and stripped of their humanity um, and pilot unmanned weapons into battle. Uh, Shin directs the actions of a detachment of young 86ers while on the battlefield. Lena is a handler who commands the detachment from the remote rear with the help of a special communication device. Um, the farewell story of the severe and sad struggle of these two begins. Um, so yeah, do you want to you want to talk about your initial experience with it real quick? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, "Why am I the one watching this show? <laughs> this definitely should be Best Boy Justin's." Um, it's it's interesting. It's this world of San Magnolia is fascinating, and you get right off the bat like that these unarmed like machines like clearly have people in them and that no one like actually gives a shit about you know the people they're sending off to war um so it's an interesting look at it from that perspective of it and all that struggle one thing i can't get out of my head is the fact that like this major in this army like everyone else is dressed like you would expect someone in the military to be, but then the the females' outfits are just completely outlandish with, like, you know, garter belts and, like, short skirts and whatnot. And meanwhile, she's, like, the top of the, like, military. But that's that's pretty par for the course for anime, I would say. Um, but, yeah, it's it seems like an interesting show. There's mechs, which, you know, you don't get a ton of uh, every season, so... Uh, yeah, I would say if if you're craving some some mech action, some corrupt government, um, kind of interpersonal war drama stories, I, I think this might might fit the bill. Yeah, I mean you're definitely right. I, I watched the first episode last night, and this is definitely a show that's made for me. Uh, obviously, the mech aspect of it, I really enjoy. The mech designs are interesting. They're kind of like insect yeah. insectoid mech designs with like giant cannons on their back, which is super cool. Um, I really love the contrast presented between the world of San Magnolia and District 86. Uh, one thing that you don't really get too much out of the um, the synopsis, but is actually important to the story, is that all of the people in San Magnolia have like silver hair and like silver eyes. Yeah, and the um, the people that they have the these 86ers are people who don't have those features. So mm-hmm. there is definitely this kind of. Which I think um, we'll get more information as it goes on on that, too. Yeah, there is definitely this kind of parable about racism and, you know, this kind of deal. Um, I love the contrast that's presented between the world of San Magnolia and District 86. So, like, on the San Magnolia side, you have this outwardly pristine and beautiful society. Um, but when you pull the curtain back a little bit, you see the kind of cruelty and callousness and the lies that are required to actually make it work. Um and you also get a look at the toll it takes on the people who uh, keep it moving. So, like, it is also this kind of, um, it seems to be, like, talking about this message about, like, kind of drone warfare. Um, but when you get a look at the uh, the 86ers, they might live in squalor, but they have, like, this kind of vibrant life together. Mm-hmm. They're seen, um, you know, laughing and enjoying each other's company and cooking together and eating together. Um they seem to have meaningful connections with each other and they live these very authentic lives, even when the truth of this authentic life is ugly or painful. Uh, and to answer your question about her uniform, uh, anime be anime. Yep. That's just, <laughs> that's what that is, man. Um, the next show, uh, I didn't come into like my sphere until very recently. Um, 
I've only been able to watch the first episode of it. I think there's four out right now, but I am immediately hooked on it. Uh, this show uh, airs on Funimation. It's called Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song, um, which is just impossible for me to remember. <laughs> um, all I, I'm like, fluoride, teeth, shiny, eye, what? Um, it's from Wint Studio. It, they are famous for doing Attack on Titan, everything up to the last season. Uh, Sephiroth of the End, uh, Vampire Reign, Vinland Saga, The Ancient Magus Bride, Cabinari of the Iron Fortress, and Great Pretender. So, you know, they, they do good work. Um, but the basic premise of this show, it like opens with this uh, AI robot at this like amusement park, like singing her idol song to the crowd. And then it pans to the crowd and it's just like bodies, like blood, fire. Um, it's the middle of the AI robot uprising. They're killing all humans, like going through it. And you see like one doctor, like send a program back in time to try and stop it. And they send it back to the first AI, which is a singing bot at, you know, this park a hundred years ago. And essentially they um, send this program back that takes uh, up residence in kind of like a robotic little stuffed bear. And the two of them team up. And it's a story told over the course of a hundred years where there's these kind of inflection points throughout history that led to this eventual like AI uprising and the end of the human race. And it's their mission to stop them. Meanwhile, the... AI is just trying to fulfill her primary mission, which is to, you know, make, bring people joy through song. That's like her prime directive. Mm -hmm. uh, and so she, at the same time, has to learn how to sing her heart out without having a heart. And so, like, the kind of interstitial themes throughout it is, you know, what is humanity? You know, how do I make art when, you know, I don't have a soul like sort of thing. So you have that in tandem with like this, you know, hundred year history leading up to a robot revolution. So there's a lot going on here, but it's gorgeous. It's well told, like highly, highly recommend checking out. I've only watched one episode, but like I, when we are done recording this tonight, I'm going to go watch the next three. Mm -hmm. Um, it's shockingly good. Yeah, it looks super interesting. It has a lot of interesting philosophical questions to ask. I definitely plan on watching it at some point, but uh, so much stuff to watch right now. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to hearing about it. Uh, let me know how you think it is. And that's pretty much all the things that we've seen. There's a couple of other things that are on our radar that we thought we should bring up. Um, I know you wanted to talk about this this next show. Yeah, so we have uh, Full Dive. The ultimate next-gen Full Dive RPG is even shittier than real life. Streaming on Funimation comes to you from Enji, who did uh, Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, another one of my favorites. Um, in an unexpected turn of events, dull high school student Hiroyuki obtains the Full Dive role-playing game Kiwame Quest. Created, by, uh, created with the best of technology, the game claims to take reality to its extremes. From stunning graphics, NPC behavior, and the scent of vegetation, and even the sensation of wind brushing against the skin, everything was the result of an ultimate uh, level of craftsmanship. Except, the game is a little too realistic and messy to clear. Kiwami Quest features over 10 quadrillion flags and reflects the player's real-life physical abilities in the game. Being hit in the game also hurts in real life, and a slash wound can take days to heal. The only reward here is the sense of accomplishment. 
conquer the most stressful game in history that cannot be played casually. Um, this one sounds interesting. It's not interesting enough to make my rotation for right <laughs> now, but I will definitely watch it at some point. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have too much to say on it. It sounds, sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think all the other shows we've listed so far have my attention more. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to bring up uh, Eden Zero. This is the last joint from JC staff um, that we wanted to highlight. Uh, this is from the creator of Fairy Tale, and it looks like uh, Fairy Tale, but not Fairy Tale. It even has Happy, um, the flying cat thing from the first one. So if you're a fan of Fairy Tale, this looks like more of the same, just different. Um, so check it out. Uh, and the last show that I wanted to talk about is actually from Studio Shaft, uh, who has, have done Bakemonogatari, uh, Madoka Magica, Nisekoi, March Comes In Like a Lion, like, Shaft is where it's at. Yeah. Shaft! <laughs> well, now you're gonna have to put that sound Well, uh, obviously. Who's the black pride and dick that's a sex machine to all the chips? Pretty Boy Detective Agency is the name of it. Uh, it's airing on Crunchyroll. Um, I haven't actually seen it yet, but it, from what I can tell, it A is exactly what it sounds like. Like the only rules for being a member are being pretty a boy and a detective. Um, but it looks good. It has some real strong Oran High School Host Club vibes, uh, and that show's great. So if it's anything like that, uh, I'm down to check it out. So that might be a late add to the to the season later on. Um, and if you like Pretty Boys, it's right there in the title. Check it out. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it for our uh, shows of Spring 2021. We have a couple of uh, OVAs and movies we wanted to shout out. Yep. Um, the first one I'm super excited about, and we have wonderful news. Uh, we're we're going to be seeing this. Um, when is that in relationship to when we're dropping this? The day that we drop this, we're going to see it. Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, Or the day before. The day, day before, before yeah. yeah. So uh, this episode is going to come out on a Sunday. We're going to be seeing Demon Slayer Mugen Train the Saturday before. We got our socially distanced tickets. Every one of us has gotten a shot. Uh, at least one in the vaccine. I've had two. Best person cats had two. I think a lot of us will have had two by then. So yeah, it's we're we're going we're doing a, a field trip to the movies. Yeah, I'm I'm excited that of all the movies that could be my first movie back to the movie theaters, it's going to be Demon Slayer. Yeah, I think it's going to be really great. I mean, obviously the hype around this movie is real. Like it's topped all of the charts. Um, it won an Oscar in my imagination. In <laughs> it won all the Oscars. It won every Oscar. Can every you, single Oscar. Dan, can you believe Demon Slayer won every Oscar? I can believe it as much as I can believe that they never made a second season <laughs> of Promise Neverland. <laughs> what a wonderful world we live in. Yeah, but this is going to be really good. I'm very excited for it. Um, I love watching. I love seeing anime movies in the theater. Um, you know, just being around other you know weebs, uh, it, enjoying every just, just about. Every Every anime movie going experience I've had has been wonderful. And yeah. I, I can't imagine that Saturday night uh, Demon Slayer is not going to be just a blast. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be really, really good. Especially since it's only airing for one week yeah. in North America. So, like, so you know the audience is going to be All of hyped. the weebs are coming out. It's, it's going to be, that's the week. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the OVA we want to talk about is that uh, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, is getting an OVA, and the best part is it comes out on my birthday, May 19th. Look at that. We probably won't be able to watch it We probably it won't be able out, to though. watch it, but if we did, uh, my guess is that we would be able to find it on High Dive, because if you recall from the last episode, we learned that High Dive has a ton of like OVAs you might be missing out on. Something I learned about High Dive also since we did that episode, because uh -huh. I did so much research into High Dive that now I get High Dive ads <laughs> everywhere my computer is that also they do a lot of uncensored anime oh yeah well there so you go if, if you if, need your uncensored anime yeah. fix apparently high dive is the place to go there you go um so yeah check out that check out our last episode where we talk about high dive and all the other kind of like secrets to the anime streaming services um and then the last kind of property we want to talk about this is this is all you, my dude. This is solidly in my wheelhouse, <laughs> and that is Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash. Coming out on May 7th uh, in Japan. Who knows when we'll get it in the States. Um, this is obviously produced by Sunrise. Sunrise did all of the Gundam, obviously. They also did Cowboy Bebop, Gintama, Inuyasha, Scryde, Big O, Akira. They have big names. This is Sunrise is the heavy hitter, uh, one of the heavy hitters when it comes to uh, production houses. Um as far as uh, where it takes place in the kind of Gundam timeline, it is a Universal Century movie. Most of the movies are. Um, the year is Universal Century 105. Twelve years have passed since the end of the second Neo-Zeon War, Char's Rebellion. Um, even after the Axis shock, which seemed to indicate the future of humanity and the Universal Century, the world is still in a chaotic situation where intermittent military conflict continue to break out. The Earth Federation government is more corrupt than ever, and its leadership has not only accelerated Earth's pollution, but also implemented inhuman manhunting policies in which civilians are forcibly exiled to outer space. The anti-Federation government organization Mofti, led by someone called Mofti Navu Aaron, uh, has taken a stand against the corruption of the Earth sphere. Mofti carries out fierce acts of terrorism, assassinating high officials of the Federation government one after another, but it gains a certain level of support from the populace who are growing more opposed to the Federation government. The person who calls himself Mofti and leads this organization is actually Hathaway Noah, the son of Bright Noah, who you will recognize uh, if you're a fan of Gundam, uh, an officer of the Earth Federation forces who once participated in the One Year War. Hathaway himself joined the forces uh, trying to stop Char's rebellion. With first-hand knowledge of the ideals and ideologies of Amado Ray and Chara's novel, he has become a warrior following in their footsteps and plans a uh, to clear a path forward through armed resistance. His destiny, however, is drastically altered as he encounters Federation Forces officer Kenneth Slegg and a mysterious young beauty named Gigi Andalusia. Now, this, uh, this is exciting for fans, obviously for fans of Gundam, because it's, it marks a return to the UC timeline. Um, and also, we get a little bit more of this kind of passing of the torch between generations. So, Best Boy Dan, I know you're not a huge uh, Gundam fan, but you know for those of you who are, you'll know that Amuro Ray and Chara's novel, they are the main protagonists and antagonists from the last generation of this uh, UC timeline. Hathaway is Bright Noah's son. Bright Noah was an officer um, who was around during Amuro Ray's time. So it's kind of like this, uh, it seems like they're saying, you know, it's time to move on to the next generation of people within this timeline. So it's kind of interesting. I'm excited for it. I wonder when we'll get to see it. Yeah, uh, hopefully it'll have some sort of North American release in the near future. I'm sure it will at some point, but who knows when. All right, so I'm going to spring this on you, Best Boy Justin. Let's hear it. Uh, that's that's kind of it for our 2021 spring roundup mm -hmm. uh, shows you should watch. If you had to 
pick three shows that you think people would enjoy out there, which would you pick? If I had to pick three specifically, it would mm-hmm. be uh, Super Cub, Mars Red, and mm, what would I do for my third one? Um, probably... Oh, this is... I have two in my head. I think it would be Super Cub, it would be Mars Red, and it would be... Um, I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level. What, what was the other one, just out of curiosity? I was thinking maybe... Um, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, combatants will be dispatched. But I think... Or no, no. Uh, Snow White Notes. How did I forget about Snow White yeah, Notes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it would Don't be, worry. I'm going to cover Snow White Notes. Yeah, I totally... I'm just scrolling back to the outline right now. Yeah, definitely it would be Snow White Notes. It would be uh, Super Cub and... Um, Mars Red. Yeah, I would say definitely Snow White Notes. Um, Tokyo Revenger is actually pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have to throw that one on. Um, <laughs> would you be mad if I said Higa Hero? <laughs> a, a little bit, but I also haven't watched it, so I don't really know. Um, all right, so I will say those Snow White Notes, To Your Eternity, and... Odd Taxi. Or no, 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 not Odd Taxi. Oh, God, this is tough because, like, I want to put Odd Taxi in. I want to put um, Super Cub in, and I want to put Vivian. So uh, since I asked the question, I'm just going to make it five, and I'm going to say those. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so that was that's spring 2021. We did it. It was a Beefy Boy episode. We knew it was going to be... Um, but, you know, uh, thanks for listening in, Best Buds. Don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast supplier of choice. It really helps us out a lot. As always, you can shout at us, get in our menchies, or show us your awesome fan art. Send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Or catch us on Instagram and Twitter at bestboys underscore pod. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're watching. We want to hear from you. Uh, uh-oh. I forgot to write. An ending. You forgot to write an ending? Wait, wait. This is your one job. No, no, no. I got it. Okay. I'm going to make this Editor Dan's problem. Okay, cool. Okay. Thanks, Editor Dan. Put an ending in. Bye. Do it in the future. Make it good. Hey there, editor Best Boy Dan here. Past Best Boy Dan is a dick, and with that I leave you with him slash I attempting to say what I have so eloquently mastered, being future present editor Best Boy Dan, rather than past current for you podcaster Best Boy Dan, Warring Daimyo. Wearing Daimyo. Daimyo? Daimyo. And the greatest ronin ever known. Wearing Daimyo. Wearing Daimyo. Okay. Yeah, Daimyo, and it's the greatest ronin never known. And it's magic and mechs, not music and mechs. (laughs) Okay. All right.